you're riding the subway to work. You have your headphones on so you can drown out the world before you have to deal with it for the next few hours. The train pulls up to your stop and you get off. But as you're about to leave, the man sitting across from you shouts something at you, but you've learned to ignore people on the subway. Stepping off, you feel like something is wrong. Patting your pocket, you turn around to see your wallet sitting on the seat. You dive for the doors, but they're already shut. And through the window, you slowly watch your wallet ride away. You'd probably lose your head if it wasn't attached. But what if you could attach your wallet to your body? Not with a chain, but under your skin so it's permanently with you, unless you lose your hand. I'm Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technology, a podcast that looks at technology and the future we're headed towards. And today, I'm looking at implanting an RFID chip. I came up with a name for the company, Wallet More, by combining two words. The first one is, of course, Wallet. And the second one is not more. The second word is tomorrow. That's why there is no E at the very end. This is... I'm Wojtek Paprota, and I'm a founder and CEO of the company called Walletmore. Walletmore is something straight out of science fiction. An implantable wallet that lets you interact with technology with just a wave of your hand. If that doesn't sound like magic, I don't know what does. This future isn't far off either. In fact, some people have been implanting chips into their bodies for years. Grinders are a subculture within biohacking who seek to become cyborgs by optimizing every part of their body. This includes implanting RFID chips under their skin so that they can turn off lights, open locks, or even pay. Our implant, you can just tap your hand to the payment terminal and make a purchase. And that's just the beginning of a journey because uh, we believe that implantable technologies are the way forward, not only for the payments, but for all sorts of identification and authorization challenges that we as a society are facing at the moment. And that's what we are trying to, to solve. And that's the industry where we are trying to bring value to the, to the society and to the industry in general. Now, who exactly are these people behind Walletmore? Because there's a lot of trust that needs to be established between the retailer and the customer if they're not only selling you something you need to implant inside your body, but also carry your personal information. However, the reason Wallamore caught my eyes is because of who's running it. Wojtek is passionate about biohacking and where it can lead the future, and he's partnered with Amal Grafastra as a CTO who is the founder of Dangerous Things. Essentially, the place to go in the biohacking community for trustworthy parts. I've been running a different company before uh, jumping into world more, but implantable technologies and biohacking or biotechnology that we are now handling and working on is just my passion. When it comes to dangerous things, even though the name of the company is Dangerous Things, it doesn't mean that the products that they are offering are dangerous because Dangerous Things offers very wide range of implantable devices and equipment related to implantable devices, such as readers, such as merchandising, such as tools that you can use to install those devices, pretty much everything that you would need. Dangerous Things uh, is probably the very first 
and definitely the most famous company in the industry and the founding father of Dangerous Things, as well as the whole industry of smart implants, is Amal Grafstra, who, as you mentioned, is also working as a CTO of Waltmore. And I'm proud to say that actually we are very much capitalizing on Amal's experience in the industry. And that's why our implants are at the top of the game in terms of a safety level and in terms of a security level. So we are uh, leveraging those those expertise, Amal, to bring the biohacking thing into the world of payments where I am originally from. Radio frequency identification, or RFID. An RFID chip is essentially a computer chip with tiny antennas. You wave the chip near a reader, which then sends a signal back to the chip, which then unlocks the data, which is then verified by the reader. This is my basic definition of how an RFID chip works, but Wojtek can clear up any further questions you might have about how this technology actually would function. Uh, implants or electronic tokens, they can be programmed and reprogrammed. And for example, if we compare it to the biometrics, uh, such as the fingerprints or even the eye scans, you cannot change the shape of your eye or you cannot change the way your fingerprint looks like. So once it's stolen, it cannot be changed. Uh, you just need to get rid of that or stop using it. Of course, biometrics are super convenient and that's the greatest benefit that they that they have probably. But implants have this amazing benefit over those uh, biometrics and as well as, of course, the electronic tokens in general, because they are as convenient as biometrics, since you cannot lose your hand where you have the implant in, and they can be reprogrammed in case of any challenge or unexpected situation. So I believe that that's the ultimate benefit that the implantable technologies are bringing to the society. And that's what we are capitalizing on, which is safety and convenience, the ultimate level of safety and the ultimate level of convenience. Our goal is to uh, develop the technology, both in terms of a software and hardware, to the extent where the implant can be seen as a real alternative to physical documents and to devices like smart cards that we use on a daily basis for payments or other authorization purposes. And we basically want to develop an ecosystem where you can link all of your accounts in banks, national healthcare systems, uh, state institution accounts in whatever country you are, whatever it's European Union, UK, US, Canada, or, or anything else, so that the implant would act as a sort of a bridge between your physical and digital identity. Uh, so let's imagine a situation where you have this one passive transponder acting as a sort of a gateway to your profile in this world more ecosystem, where with this one implant, you can provide the information to your doctor that you have been suffering from this this sort of treatment that you are getting uh, a certain name of medicine and, and stuff like this. And on the other hand, you can pay with that implant. On the other hand, you can come to the airport and pass the passport control. And you can also use it as a transit card for your uh, local transportation company. So the more features we can accommodate into that ecosystem, the better. And I believe that that's the way how we can bring value to the customers. Because now if you look at the MVP that we are offering to our customers, it's just a payment implant. And it's quite expensive, in my opinion. I mean, definitely more expensive than the standard payment card, uh, which became like a normal stuff to have for free from especially the digital banks and neobanks in Europe. And once we manage to add more options and more features to this device and offer it at the relatively low price, that becomes a real alternative to all this uh, 
features that I just mentioned uh, and all these devices that I that I mentioned. And that's the, the, the end goal. So that you can definitely store all this personal information that you wish to share in the society, in the ecosystem where you live with one single input. With an understanding of what exactly the chip does and what the future of this technology might look like, you probably have more questions. And hopefully after this ad break, we can clear some of those up. As I mentioned, there are people who have been implanting RFID chips for years now. It's not new, it's just not considered normal. But like wearables being the step after cell phones, implants are the next phase in tech that becomes an extension of our body to interact with the world around us. But how far off is this future? We need to look at that target and that plan from two perspectives. The first one is a technological one. And as we speak today, I believe we have zero constraints, technological constraints to make it possible. But the case is that uh, it's not only about linking all of the technological assets that we have, but it's also about ensuring that everything is handled securely with those partners. Because as I mentioned, Waltmore is going to be an aggregator of all of these data. So eventually banks need to agree for that. Of course, the partnering ones, uh, the state institutions need to agree for that. The national healthcare systems need to agree for that. And it's about normalization of that kind of solution. And of course, if you are a bank, you definitely do get involved in the shady things. And that's what our main activity was all about, to make sure that we are on top of the game in terms of both the technology, but also about the brand image that, that we are creating. Uh, I believe that since there is still this word, this buzzword biohacking or grinding can be seen or related to the, let's say, communities which are sort of like cyborgs wannabes and people that are usually not taken very seriously. And that's sort of a paradigm that we'd like to break, that it's a normal technology. It's the technology that offers a lot of tangible and intangible benefits, such as an ultimate level of security, such as ultimate level of uh, convenience. Those are two main values that we are capitalizing on. It's nothing to be worried about because the cryptographic standards, the security standards are all the same. In the end of the day, if we use the standard NFC or RFID cards, they have the same security standards. So it's a huge educational and normalization job. The biggest challenge and the biggest constraint that we are now facing in terms of bringing that big plan into the reality is the social acceptance matter. And it can take two years if we find the right people who like to give us a green light from, let's say, those big guys, just state institutions, banks, and, and national healthcare systems. But if we face the wrong people in the boards of the most reputable company on the earth, that may be prolonged. But realistically speaking, to summarize everything, I think and I'm fairly sure that Walkmore implants can be seen as a real alternative, both from a use case perspective and from a uh, like cost perspective within the next five, six years maximum. Seven years from now, implants may be more commonplace and socially acceptable. It may just be your debit card at first, but with the way tech goes, it's safe to say that it will adapt to all aspects of your life, or all aspects of your wallet at the very least. 
Technology is an extension of our body, made to make life more convenient. But sometimes these conveniences become mandatory to function in society. Whether you believe that's for the good or bad. Definitely freedom is the way forward and freedom is the answer to everything that uh, not only Waldmore does, but all of the companies around the world should do. If Waldmore is approached by any sort of government or institution to like chip people in a certain country or geographic location as a sort of a centralized decision or system, we would definitely say no to that. Like People should have a choice if someone is not willing to buy the implant and get it injected, that's fine. In the end of the day, we are a company that are bringing value. And if you don't see the value in that solution that we're offering, okay, that's that's fine. You, you're, you're free to, to use the other methods of authorization and identification. When you heard the idea of implanting a microchip under your skin, you probably thought about the government tracking you. I know I did. Wojtek cleared this up, though, and explained that there are other things to worry about. The new field of communication just do not connect with any external GPS, navigation, tracking, monitoring system, whatever, like no matter how strong readers you have, it's just not possible to like spot, track, monitor anything else, those passive tags, because in the formal language, the implants are called passive tags from a larger distance. We need to be super close to someone who's having that kind of tag. When it comes to cybersecurity issues, Let's not forget about the fact that like, people are okay with using standard credit or debit cards, even prepaid cards. Like, No one is worried about that kind of tracking thing. Of course, you can go to your bank statement and see all the places where you made purchases, and that's exactly the same. The only difference is that instead of having the, the device that you use for payments in the pocket or in a wallet... In the back, you have it in your hand. Like It's still the same location, the geographic location. So it's not something that I believe. It's something that I know that it's simply not possible to like, go any further than where we already are with that kind of technology and tracking possibilities. I believe what we should worry about is actually the phones because you can do way more stuff, way more tracking or spying kind of activities with the phones. And we keep our phones with ourselves all the time. And literally, if you compare the capability of a phone to the capability of an implant, it's like a massive difference. Implant is there only to like authorize a simple transaction or a decision. It's like a very simple comment, yes or no, authorized or not authorized, identified or not identified versus phone. It's like a super advanced system which can be tracked from from space, right? So, Before the interview ended, I asked if he had any final thoughts. Implant, of course, is a disruptive innovation and everything that is considered as an innovation has a standard product life cycle. But firstly, there's those early innovators and early adapters who are interested in having that product injected in the body. And there you have this early majority and then late majority, and then you have the laggers. And Walmart is like exactly on the same path. And we are now targeting only those early innovators who are already okay and who are super excited to, to try out the product. It just takes time to normalize that. And as I'm saying, like it will take at least five years to, to get to the point where it's seen as normal and this early majority group of people is interested in that. But still, recently, there was a very interesting study published by Marketa 
consult Hyperion, a very well-established consulting company working with the biggest players and the biggest banks in the, in the industry. And there was a question in that study, which was asked to 4,000, more than 4,000 British citizens, uh, if they would be okay with using the microchip, uh, would, they, would they be willing to, to use a microchip, uh, which would be uh, capable of, of processing payments? 51% of those people said, yes, they would be interested. So I believe the future is bright and I can't wait to see that happening. If you want to learn more about Waltmore, just go to our website, which is just waltmore.com. Or uh, if you want to learn more about uh, some more specific stuff, just go to our YouTube channel where you can see more videos of the actual uh, sometimes installations, sometimes uh, payments, or find us on social media wherever you go and type world more whatever it's facebook instagram linkedin youtube just type world more and you will find our official profile and some uh educational and uh like real content when i think about if i would get a chip implanted or not i lean towards i would however while the people behind walletmore want to help make this a reality with the best intentions in mind there are some people in institutions i could see abusing this tech as we move towards this future over the years, it will be, as usual, up to the consumer to demand transparency, security, and safety. It's also up to us to determine how ingrained this tiny piece of tech will become in our lives and society. So, would you get the chip? Thank you for listening to Technality. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want more content about where our future is going, head over to Technology's YouTube page.